Hello and welcome to Crutchfield, the podcast. Uh, we are back. I am your host, JR. I'm the training manager here at Crutchfield, joined at his desk over in the call center, uh, Eric. Due to technical difficulties. Technical, we know, shouldn't. It's okay. We're an audio yeah, company. Yeah, yeah. We should be able yeah. to figure out audio stuff, it's, but we it got. It wasn't us. It was no. the, the, the platform in which we're able to connect with people remotely. We won't say who, but it has to do with that. And, and we we'll tried to get on. Eric in the studio today, but we are also bringing in a special guest, and that's where the technical difficulties happen. So Eric had to leave. Uh, plus, he smelled <laughs> bad, so I didn't want him in my office any longer than I absolutely had hey, to. Now. Oh, I'm sorry. I, this, did I say that on the thing? This, I did. This is my shower week. Come on. <laughs> uh, so Eric's so here. As, works then. I'm the one that messed everything up. There you go. It's yeah. it's Chris's fault. Go. Our special guest takes all the blame. He's so gracious and nice. Chris Mullins uh, is uh, uh, the other training manager here at Crutchfield. He and I do the exact same job. And in fact, our daily job, our day thing that we do every single day is uh, uh, Eric, Chris, and I are in a big, huge webcam meeting with uh, new hired sales advisors, and we are training them on everything there is to know about all of the products that we sell. It's a long process. We do it three times a year, um, but we get to see a lot of each other, and uh, usually it's via this webcam thing. So this is very much comfortable territory for us. Chris, welcome to Crutchfield the Podcast. Thank you. You, to be here. You've actually been on Crutchfield, the podcast, before. Uh, you were episode number 11, in which you told us about the dream system you installed in your Jeep. What's the what are you, What is your next planned upgrade? What are you going to do next? Next upgrade, it's not really going to be an upgrade. I, I, I just need to swap out some rear speakers. Um, is that the roll bar have, speakers? Yep. What do you, what do you have in the roll bar now? I have Infinity Cap of five and a quarters in there. What are you thinking about replacing them with? Um, well, the uh, so the the infinity cap is the when I tighten them down. Um, I think I tighten them down a little too much, and I cracked the little ears that the screws go through, and um, I started getting some rattling up there, and it's something you can't really repair. So uh, I'm going to just replace them and go back with something with a like a metal ear instead of a plastic ear because those speakers hang from sound pods yeah you know so uh they're not a vertical mount like most speakers are so i felt the need to tighten them down a little more for some reason made a little mistake um but uh, i still want them to be good and snug so i'm going to get just go probably probably with the infinity reference um i think those have metal ears instead of the plastic ears uh, so that's, that's probably about the only thing I'm going to change. I, I'm really considering, um, making the plunge for a double den. Uh, now that we have a dash kit for my Jeep that will accommodate a double den. Ooh. Uh, I've always wanted a double den, um, for control. So, uh, so let, let me do one of those interruption things right there. Yeah. Uh, double, double den. Uh, we kind of throw that term out there a lot, but that's a uh, that's a larger dash opening to accommodate a radio. Yeah, it's about yeah. four inches tall instead of two inches tall. Right, right yeah. now you have a single din head unit. It's just like a CD player with Bluetooth, right? Yeah, old school. It's I mean, it's the highest end single C single din CD player we've sold in many years, but it's still a single din, uh, limited display. You know, you got to go through menu systems to do things that a touchscreen would allow you to do with just one touch of a button, that kind of thing. So, so, you, so you're going to do like a double din with a touchscreen, so you can do like Android Auto and Maps and calls and spot at Spotify and all that kind of stuff. 
Yep, but I'm probably going to go a little cheap on it since it's a soft top Jeep. But, you know, I don't want to go with anything like super fancy and get it ripped out of there or anything. But that's those are the two things I've got kind of floating around in my head right now. I love it. Floating. How about a floating screen? Ooh. So that's when that's when the 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 screen sits out from the dash can be can be even larger than that traditional uh, single den or double den opening, right? Yeah. The only thing holding me back on that are my AC ducts are mm -hmm. right directly above the stereo. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're getting they're getting better at being able to adapt with that. Some of them have the ability to kind of pivot mm-hmm. that or to drop that screen in that location. But yeah. uh, those are those are pretty cool. I'm starting to see some of those in Jeeps now. The reason we have Chris on the show today is because of Jeeps. That whole there's a there's a Jeep culture out there, uh, and it involves uh, people uh, buying Jeeps and then customizing their Jeeps and then tweaking their Jeeps and then upgrading their Jeeps and then taking their Jeeps out and then breaking their Jeeps and then fixing their Jeeps and all the while taking pictures and, and sharing their Jeeps and then fixing their Jeeps again and yeah. then loving their yeah. Jeeps and all of that. And uh, we have a pretty special interview today. We talked to Wendy. She works over at our warehouse and she does some pretty cool things at our distribution center, which you'll hear about in this interview. But the main reason we talked to Wendy is because of uh, Pepe, little uh, little burrow. This is what she calls her Jeep. Uh, and uh, she's really, really into it. It's a recent development for her and her husband to be super into Jeeps. And we thought since neither Eric nor I are Jeep owners, I mean, I, I drive a truck. Eric, what do you drive? I drive something that's trying to be a truck. It resembles a truck from some angles. I'm uh, sorry. No, no, it's great. It's comfortable. It gets decent gas mileage, fairly reliable. It's a Honda Ridgeline. So, truckish. Yeah, and I drive a Ford F-150. Neither of us drive Jeeps. Chris does. Uh, he drives the Jeep Every day, uh, and most of the time it's to the repair shop. But, I mean, other than that, tell us, Chris, tell us about how you like to enjoy your Jeep. (laughs) Well, I can tell you that I don't enjoy it being in the garage. Um, But if you're a Jeep owner, uh, at least the the generations of Jeeps that I've owned, um, uh, which consist of, I had a a CJ5, which was, uh, was either a 78 or a 79, um, those were notorious for breaking down, um, and mine did fairly often. Um, and then uh, from there, um, I went to a YJ, which is a square headlight Jeep. You had a square headlight Jeep? Isn't that taboo? Like, is aren't those like not okay with Jeep owners? Pretty much, yep. Um, <laughs> Unless you still own one, then you like wear it like a badge of honor, right? Pretty much, yeah. You know, it was like, you know, it's either have a square headlight Jeep or you don't have a Jeep. You go ahead and have a Jeep. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, then from there uh, came the TJ, um, which brought us back to the iconic round uh, round headlights. And mine is a, uh, mine's an 06 um, that has... Uh, it's the original Jeep Unlimited. So all Jeep Unlimiteds now are four doors. The original Jeep Unlimited was only made 04, 05, and 06. And it was a two-door with a longer wheelbase. I think it added about 11 inches of wheelbase, which made it kind of 
popular for people that had families, gave you just a couple of inches more leg room and that kind of thing. So um, that's where I was at the time I bought it. Um, and I bought it just as a daily driver, go top down. We had kids, you know, weekend fun drives. But, um, you know, as far as how I use it, it is my daily driver. It has been now for 12 years. And, uh, you know, Jeep, you talk about Jeep culture. There are several different types of Jeep owners, like Wendy, for instance. Uh, sounds like her and her husband are pretty hardcore off-roaders. Um, you know, they lift their Jeeps, put big tires on them, light bars, that kind of thing. Um, my Jeep is pretty much bone stock, except uh, I went up one size in tires and um, changed my top out to a frameless top once my old top started to rot. Um, but mine basically consists of daily driving and weekend top off forest service roads. I love getting back in the mountains on the forest service roads and just cruising around and just getting out. So you don't do like rock crawling and stuff like that. You just like to get out in the woods and enjoy nature on a road that's not made like, you know, normal cars can't go there, but your Jeep can, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've had it off road um, maybe three or four times in any kind of hardcore situation over 12 years. So yeah, predominantly I'm not doing that, but um, I can. And if I've got buddies that want to go do it, we'll go do it. But for the most part, I avoid it because, um, I mean, your Jeep already breaks down enough. Like if you start doing that, (laughs) when you start doing that, you know, you start breaking more parts and then you got the double whammy at the garage. So, uh, no, I don't, I don't dig that too much. So Chris, did you get a chance to, I don't think you have, right. You haven't seen pictures of Wendy's Jeep, right? You listened to the interview that we're all about to listen to on this show, but, uh, and I, and we want to, I actually have a, I have a bunch of pictures that I took of her Jeep. We're going to post as many of those as we can on, uh, crutchfield.com slash podcast, uh, in this show. So you're gonna be able to see these pictures that I'm about to show Chris. You haven't seen these yet, right? No, I haven't. All right, so let me share my screen here so that you can see what Wendy's Jeep actually looks like. And if you're listening at home, uh, hopefully you're going to this page. You can see these pictures as well. Uh, But this first one here, this is Wendy and her Jeep. This is uh, Wendy's Jeep with a lot of mud on it. Yeah, so see, there's, uh, there's two things that jump out at you there. One, it's a Rubicon, which she mentioned that. Um, and that's a it's a package. It gets you front lockers um, so that you can basically lock all four wheels up on the Jeep at the same time, um, and all four wheels are spinning. Where if you don't have lockers, it doesn't work that way. And then if you notice her fenders, her fenders um, are different than what you would normally see on a Jeep. Those are custom tube fenders. Um, is what they're generally called, and that allows your tires to go higher. So when you flex over rocks and things like that, your tires can go up higher without hitting your fenders. So, um, you know, mud aside, you can just, if you know what you're looking for, you can look at that Jeep and know that that that's what they do with it. They off-road it. And then if you look right under the doors, you see a, a uh, like a really sturdy piece of metal there. Um, that's the Which muddiest is, part. It's not like a step bar or a Nerf bar or anything, right? It's just uh, extra rigidity for the frame? It's actually called a rock slider. 
So ah. you, you, if you uh, get centered on a rock, then you're not hurting the body of your Jeep. You're actually protecting it and hurting the rock sliders instead. And I'm scrolling through these pictures now. It looks like her and her husband take this Jeep out on the beach, uh, up in the mountains. Now, that there's a good example of them climbing up on some rocks. Now you can see, you see underneath the Jeep. Yeah. See it's a nice that. Jeep. She's got a great setup. Then This is uh, her uh, little borough as well as her husband's four-door unlimited Jeep, which also looks pretty well set up. It does. And Steve. you can you can see Steve. how the uh, that illustrated defender difference that I was talking about too there when you had those side by side. Oh yeah, so the uh, the OEM fenders look a little bit uh, a little bit wider, a little bit more plasticky. Yeah, and see how they have a lip on them that bends down that has your marker your side marker light on it. Yeah. Or the tube fenders, they you get a lot more room for your tires to flex. Right on. So uh, the main reason, of course, we were interested in talking to Wendy, uh, it was fun to see. I got to see her Jeep in person. I took a bunch of pictures of it in our parking lot. Uh, they've done some great upgrades. Uh, mainly, we were interested in the sound, uh, the audio upgrades that her and her husband have done, uh, working with our text department, uh, some installers to get some really cool stuff installed. You're going to hear all about that in this interview. Uh, so we're going to play the interview now, and Chris and Eric and I are probably going to stop the interview and come back in and interrupt and explain anything additional. We have some thoughts on some things that Wendy and I were talking about when we uh, when I had Wendy in the studio here. Um, so yeah, let's get into the interview and Chris and Eric and I will be back. Uh, you never know when we're going to just jump in and say some stuff. So we'll see you in a minute. My Aunt Mary had a black two-door Jeep and I've always wanted one. And my husband told me, he said, the only Jeep that comes in is a Rubicon. So that's where my, I got my Rubicon because my daughter is graduating college in December. Oh, no. So are you an empty nester? I am. Nice. And it took us four years to figure out what we were going to do without our little Chrissy D. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Thank Becoming you. an empty nester is quite the accomplishment. <sighs> it is. Yeah. Uh, and so how long have you had uh, this Jeep, which you call Little Burrow? I have had her since August of 2020. And uh, you guys, uh, you and your husband have two Jeeps? Yes. Uh, what's the other one's name? Well, they have names, right? Yes. So Pepe, my little burrow, is the two-door black Rubicon. And Steve Demule is the four-door yes, four 2008 Rubicon. And I, uh, I'm almost embarrassed to say I didn't recognize the movie reference to the names, uh, but if you could share with the, our audience, because uh, they're great. It's a great movie reference. Okay, so um, Romance in the Stone yes. is Pepe, my little burro, and Steve the Mule is from Waterboy. Nice. <laughs> so. Those are two great movies. Romancing the Stone uh, dates us both. Yes, uh, it does. <laughs> <laughs> people are like, what? Who's that? What? Uh, but that, that was a fantastic movie. Um, so, uh, so you got the Jeep in, uh, in about a year ago. Did it have a bunch of aftermarket stuff installed already? No, it was completely stock. Completely um, stock. Yes. So October of 2020, my husband and I took vacation and put a three and a half inch lift on it, fenders, bumpers, 35s, um, tires, and the light bars, the rock lights, everything. We wow. did it in a week. We actually borrowed a shop scissor lift. 
Oh, nice. Um, and did it right in the carport of, of our house. Heck yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, how long did it take to put all the uh, the off-road gear, the lights, and all that stuff? We started Saturday night, and we were done by Tuesday, and we were just tuning in the steering Wednesday and Thursday. We actually had steel wheels on it, and come to find out the steel wheels were egg-shaped, and we ended up getting alloy pro-comp wheels. E- egg-shaped? Yes. Like... That sounds not good. It's not good. We actually put it on the tire balancer and chalked it, and you could see where the chalk wasn't hitting as it spun on the tire balancer. Wow. Yes. Did uh, how does that even happen? Like, did uh, did they did they abuse the thing? It was well. The, is, is this Jeep a rescue? Did you rescue oh, and abuse? No. You? <laughs> this we actually bought the steel wheels. Oh. And they came from the company that we used. So a manufacturing defect. It kind of was. Thing. So yeah. they guaranteed it, and we. Applied that to the alloy wheels that's on her now. Got the wheels you really want. Those wheels look great. Thank you. Yeah. So Wendy's Jeep is a uh, a pretty new Jeep. Her husband's Jeep, Steve, uh, is also a new Jeep. And these Jeeps today aren't like older Jeeps, right? They have all the new stuff in them. Uh, they got the fancy radios and the Uconnect. You're gonna, you know, Wendy's a big fan of being able to talk on her phone with the Uconnect. Uh, so that's why she kept her factory radio, but you can you can get Jeeps with touchscreens and GPS and all of that from the factory. And obviously you can upgrade your Jeep with those types of things, which is what you're gonna do soon in yours. Yeah, and I mean, the new Jeeps have um, virtually the same interior as a Jeep Grand Cherokee. So, I mean, you're talking sophisticated electronics pretty luxurious inside for a jeep honestly yeah luxury is not something you used to associate with the jeep but it is now right. and is it true that some people take the spare tire off their jeep and then go driving around without a spare tire seems like a bad idea are you one of those people i am indeed and why would you do such a thing well for me personally it was uh, it was a few things so when I replaced the top on the Jeep, if you're familiar with the term fastback, mm-hmm. it, it looks like a fastback top. And the spare tire being vertical and then the back of the top being slanted, I just didn't really love the look of it. It just, there was a lot of space between the spare tire and the top. So it kind of made the spare tire stick out like a sore thumb, sort of. And to be fair, Jr. Uh, Chris doesn't really need a spare tire uh, when the Jeep's in the shop. <laughs> oh, right, because so, your mechanic's yeah. right there. You can just change right. it. You can fix it, yeah, plug it, put it right back on. Is he who keeps your spare tire? Does he hang on to it for you? <laughs> I hear you. I got it. Keep them coming. You can throw them back. If you want to make fun of his ridge line, please, by all means. Well, if I felt the need that I had to, I would. Yeah, I mean, it says enough that he drives a Ridgeline. I get you. I, I feel you on that. I think it does a pretty good job of making fun of itself all on yeah. its own. So oh, nice. <laughs> you know, and I don't have a thing against Jeeps. I think Jeeps can be pretty cool. It's just your Jeep. That's all. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it uh, it made it look a little less boxy. Um, it, it didn't – it, it matched, taking it off made the, the top look a little bit better. And then it's wear and tear on the tailgate. You know, I do everything I can to try to preserve my Jeep. And, uh, you know, I just, I felt like any time now it was going to start getting some slop in those hinges. So I wanted to preserve that. So um, I carry a tire kit in the Jeep so that I can repair a tire on the side of the road. Um, And if I were going to do any kind of 
hardcore off-roading, then, uh, you know, I'd throw the spare tire in the back of the Jeep and take it with me. But it is a thing. Uh, it's it's called spare tire delete, and you can buy kits. Uh, mine's got a plate that dresses up the back, makes it look real nice. I put in a little custom LED strip so that I kept my third brake light legal. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty clean. Uh, one of the pictures we have of G of Wendy's Jeep shows uh, the spare tire on the back of hers. And not only did she keep it, but it looks every bit as uh, off-road capable as the other tire. So she had to buy five. And if you see the picture, she's got lights in there. I mean, she's got a pretty sweet rim on it. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty cool-looking spare. There's no cover or anything on it. It's just out there for all to see. But her Jeep does not look like yours, doesn't have that fastback thing. So, I mean, I, I, I think if it was me, I'd keep the spare tire on there just for safety, but also you can make it look pretty cool. Yeah, and it's blasphemy to replace four tires with big mud tires and leave the factory spare on there, just so you know. So there are no donuts, uh, donut tires in the Jeep world. You, you, When you buy tires, you buy five. Yeah. So how long have you had this audio system installed? So I had the audio system installed, it was about two months ago. Okay, so this is fresh. Yes, but we got the speakers within three days of us owning the Jeep. And uh, did, did you put them in right away? Or we did. did. You, okay, so you did. So you did this upgrade in stages. Yes. Uh, and you, so you replaced the factory speakers, and they're in the what the knee panel and the sound bar. Yes. Uh, and you replaced those with Polk speakers. Yes, the Polk DB six fifty twos. Yeah, those are great speakers. Oh yes, uh, and they're marine grade because we take the top off and we get. Dirty. Yeah, for <laughs> I, I know for the sales advisors at Crutchfield, we tend to recommend Polk DBs for lots of Jeeps for that reason. Oh yes, because they are marine certified. They are the most durable, like made for car speakers. You could even put them on a boat, right? Oh yes, uh, they're because they're marine rated. But uh, we think you know, they look more like Jeep speakers than boat speakers they to me. They do. Uh, and so. Tell me about how the uh, sound upgraded when you kept the factory radio, kept it all stock, and just replaced the speakers. What was the difference you heard? I heard a better mid-range. Um, okay. The mid-range was more full, crystal clear. It was just amazing. Um, and then I was told I could have more. If you look through the customer reviews on, like, Polk DB 6.5-inch speakers, which are marine-rated and are perfect speakers for a Jeep, there's a ton of customer reviews where they talk about putting them in their Jeep. There's pictures of them in their Jeep. Customers are uploading pictures to their reviews. That's a big deal. And those are go-to speakers for Jeeps for a reason. Absolutely. And I surf the message boards quite a bit. And uh, that reigns true on the message boards, too. The, the Polk DB speakers are by far the most popular speakers that people in the message boards buy. Yeah, that's one thing we like to do in training classes, in, install stuff in people's vehicles, and we often install it in the trainees' vehicles themselves. Yes. Uh, but if we don't have enough of that or if we're looking for more, uh, then we'll put the, the call out to other employees, hey, who's got stuff they want installed? And so yours just seems like the like the perfect match and good timing. Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, so uh, so you went from factory to uh, four new speakers. Was it still the factory tweeters in those little... Uh, it was still. Dash, the... What do they call those dash pods? What's the Jeep term for them? I think they're called headstones. Headstones, which makes sense. They look like tiny little headstones yes. hanging out on the top of your dash. Uh, and so 
uh, did Chris Baker, uh, did he just plan out what he was going to do, or did he work with you on that? Did you have some input? How did that work? He changed out the, the tweeters with the Pioneers, yeah, and then he put in the JBL DSP amp, and he tuned it phenomenally. Yeah, so this amp that you guys put in there, or they put in there for you, is the JBL DSP 4086. So it's an eight-channel amplifier with a DSP. Uh, which means, uh, Chris, while part of the install was probably hooking up a computer to it, right, yes. and fine-tuning the sound for those speakers in that vehicle. Exactly. Uh, any idea how long they spent tuning it up for you? They had her for six days. Six days? <laughs> they did. Wow. <laughs> what would you drive in the meantime? Uh, I drove Steve. Aha, nice. <laughs> you have a backup Jeep. That's right. I love it. Uh, are you 100% Jeep? Yes. Yeah, like... Oh my gosh, we have the grill on the tattoo. Oh, excellent. Uh, and so after six days, you get it back uh, and you get in the Jeep and you listen to music for the first time. Talk, talk to me about what that felt like. It felt like I was almost in live concert. The clarity in the balance and the bass and the mid-range speakers and the tweeters, they just blended perfectly. It was... It was an experience that I, I really can't explain. It was just amazing, the sound quality. Yeah. Have you done stereo upgrades in previous vehicles? I have not. So this is the first time you've even tackled this or thought about doing this? Yes. So I think folks that have Jeeps uh, are kind of used to uh, overcoming certain Jeep problems. Maybe it's a Jeep thing. Maybe it's Jeep problems that are specific to Jeeps. Uh, I think one of those things... Uh, it, that we help people address is the audio, right? Like the, the audio in a Jeep in that environment, it's kind of unique. It's not like most cars. Um, you're more susceptible to wind noise. The environment can be a little bit harsher. Um, you know, if, depending on how you're treating your Jeep, you might need it a little bit more rugged. Um, and uh, she's chose to address that with a DSP. Now, Chris, I know you know a thing or two about DSPs. Uh, Tell us why that might be a good solution for uh, for for a cheap person. Um, not only is it a good solution, um, I think it's actually a necessary solution in most cases. And you hit on a couple of things there: wind noise. Um, you know, if you have a soft top Jeep, the newer ones are much quieter, but they're still soft tops. And uh, you know, you get on the highway, and they make a lot of noise. And noise is what we're trying to overcome a lot of times with DSPs um, or not necessarily overcome, but almost mask um, by, you know, adjusting that DSP so that you accentuate frequencies that are getting drowned out by noise. So the noise in a Jeep, the top is number one. Um, if you look at the pictures of Wendy's Jeep, especially, um, you know, she has... Uh, she has mud terrain tires on it. So you got three types of tires, basically. You got uh, highway tires, all terrain and mud terrain. And, you know, highway tires are meant to be super quiet. And uh, mud tires are meant to climb rocks. And in order to do that, they have to have some tread on them. And that, that tread makes noise on the highway. Um, so you get a roar as you go down the road. Um, that roar is going to basically mask a lot of your bass frequencies. 
Um, so, you know, that's a, a big reason why you'd want a DSP. It's all about um, overcoming the the shortcomings of the Jeep's uh, audio environment. I mean, it's, it's really the worst audio environment that you could possibly come up with unless you're going on like an ATV or something like that where you're you know, fully yeah. open all the it's time. the it's the opposite of a Lexus, right? Where they have done such a nice job of sealing off all of the sounds of the outside world, so that you just <laughs> live in a little Lexus cocoon where it's not hard to create some pretty audiophile level quality audio. Uh, but in a Jeep, significantly, like the audio is not necessarily the focus of a Jeep. You can no. make a Jeep sound great, but it's it's harder to do than in a Lexus. Yeah, and then last but certainly not least is uh, speaker placement. Um, you know, Jeeps, because the doors are removable, you don't have door speakers in Jeeps. Um, and the dashboards, are, because they're a pretty compact vehicle, the dashboards are um, usually pretty shallow. Um, so it limits where you can actually put speakers in one. So it's been a common trend that, um, Jeeps have had speakers that face your knees since pretty much the dawn of time. And we always make jokes in training about uh, look down at your knees and see if you have ears on them. Um, you certainly don't. So yeah. you, know, you, you, you got to overcome that. And not only are they in a bad location, they're typically angled down towards the floor, too. And uh, odd sizes. If I, I think some of the newer ones are using more traditional sizes, but good old four by six is not a common size speaker, but it is in a Jeep. Yeah, it has been for years. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, I know the, the uh, square headlight Jeep used four by sixes. Mine came factory equipped with four by sixes. Um, so yeah, you're right. Odd sizes, the speaker placement, um, the sound bar, Contrary to popular belief, the soundbar, in my opinion, is the absolute worst place for speakers. And Jeep has used it for years and years and years. Yeah. And a lot of customers um, have the misconception that those are the speakers that they should be concerned with and upgrade the most. But, um, you know, I always also tell trainees when we're talking about rear speakers and you know, how people have used rear speakers in the past. And I always ask them if you go to a a live music venue, uh, you know, concert of any kind, do you face the stage or do you turn your back to it? Mm -hmm. And the Jeep is the best example of that because the speakers are closer to your ears than pretty much any vehicle that I can ever remember besides maybe a Pontiac, uh, what was that little thing, the Fiero? Or maybe like a, yeah, a Fiero, which has them up in the rear corners right behind your seat, or like a Mazda Miata with speakers in your headrest, right? Those are two exceptions to the rule. Typically, your back speakers uh, are not literally right next to your ears. Exactly. But in this case, they are, and you need... Um, a DSP or a head unit with time alignment or something like that so that you can get your front speakers to truly be the stars of the show. Um, I mean, of course you can use fader, but that doesn't work nearly as well as time alignment. 
when you replaced those Polk speakers, uh, it's kind of like you caught the bug. I did. It, which is, uh, once you catch it, like, you, it's, I got to warn you, you're never done. Oh, yes. You never fix it. Uh, you never solve it. You never, there could, there could, it could always sound just a little bit better. It is so true. Um, I got the credit from for the Veterans Day. So I got. Yeah. Uh, yes. I got Thank you for your service, by the way. You. That's awesome. So I got a credit and um, was. I got speakers for Steve, and those were the DBMM1072s, I believe. Okay. And I also got a JBL Face Pro 12. Oh, yeah. So that I can get my powered Rockford Fosgate subwoofer back from my husband's Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it constantly uh, wheeling and dealing it uh, to, is. to get the best system going? Oh, it's amazing, because our shed is full of sound speakers and subs because we started out with sound ordinance and then we upgraded to Mm -hmm. the rockford fosgate and then i saw the bass pro 12 and i was like oh well let's get this too so i can have my rockford back (laughs) so the bass pro 12 is currently in steve yes uh let's see here bass pro 12 i'm just trying to remind my oh yeah okay so we're talking about uh a jbl like pre-made box, ported box, 12-inch sub, amplifier built in. Yes. That uh, And the sub you have in Pepe now is like, is that the sub from, like the factory sub from the other Jeep? It is. It's the factory sub from uh, the 2008 Rubicon. Got it. So yes. uh, it, you were able to make it fit in the back there. Exactly. And incorporate that into the JBL DSP amp. Yes. Um, but this would be like significantly more bass. Uh, and uh, what's the first song you're going to play when you put that sub in the Jeep? Like what's your go-to? Moulin Rouge. Lady Marmalade. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, is that from the movie? It is. Yeah. Yes. You know they just. I think they're doing. They do have a Broadway version of that. Like they're doing Moulin Rouge on Broadway. Oh really? I think they were doing it before the pandemic. I think it's coming back. And there's a whole new flurry of songs and, oh my and mashups and stuff. Like it's some fun stuff. Oh uh, yeah. I highly recommend checking that out on Spotify if you can. There's really good stuff okay. there. What was the song you were playing for me uh, just a few minutes ago before we came in here to record it? It was called Fallen, but I, I, I didn't recognize who it was by. It was a great demo song because there was so much going on. Strong female vocals, a lot of bass, a lot of sound. Like it was a, It's a great demo oh, song. Oh, yes. Uh, Fallen by Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys, yeah. Oh, yes. she's fantastic. Oh, yes. One of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, like, the, like that's a good like driving to work, gets you pepped up for the day sort of a song. Oh, yes. Yeah, so um, I have a feeling, based on the pictures I've seen on your Facebook, that you guys aren't just like casual Jeep owners, clearly, uh, based on the upgrades you guys have done, but you're also not just, I mean, these are very off-road capable looking Jeeps. Oh, they Uh, are. Are you actually taking them off-road and doing some fun stuff with them? Oh, yes. Little Burrow is no pavement princess. She, (laughs) we have taken her up flagpole over in uh, Dayton, Virginia. Yeah. We take her up Bald Mountain, Pete's Mill. The spring we want to go to Potts Mountain, and um, eventually we want to go down to Ocala, Florida, because there's Jeep badge trails. Oh. And we'd eventually like to put her on a train and go out west okay. and do some of the Rubicon Trail and out west, all those trails. To her namesake? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Ocala? Yes. So I've been to Ocala. My girlfriend uh, is in the horse business, uh, and there's a humongous uh, horse scene going on oh, in Ocala. Oh, yes, definitely. I didn't know there was also a big Jeep scene down Well, there. it's not like mountains, but it is 
jungle-ish. It could be swampy down yes. there. So I have actually um, armor that I put on Little Burrow so she doesn't get scratched up. Yeah, no, the the paint job looks beautiful. Uh, and uh, so, uh, so yeah, and you even have some pictures with some good mud splattered up on the sides and oh, stuff. Yes. Do you, are you like an off-roader from before, or is this your first time taking vehicles, you know, off the beaten path? So I'm from Southern Virginia, and we go four-wheeling everywhere. And so I grew up, my first four-wheeler, I was 12 years old, and we get dirty. Yeah. But this is the first for the vehicle. And my husband even said, this is the most fun vehicle we have ever had in our lives because the last car that we had we've always been camaro people mm, yeah and we had a 1969 camaro that's Whoa. hopped up and we had the 2012 camaro the super sport and we've always had fast cars but we had nothing you know go off road and get dirty with yeah so we are both completely stoked about trailing so you're familiar with the concept of going out in the woods just not in a street legal vehicle and now uh, I mean, I, I have a I have a pickup truck, so I I can I've been off road a little bit. It's nothing like a Jeep. No. Uh, but what's nice about it is when you are on the road, and you're, maybe you're, are you always looking for like if you get like stuck in traffic and you're like looking at that median, going, I mean, I can yes. get through that median pretty easily. It's just always, especially yeah. even going to CVS and Holly Meat. You're like, <laughs> I don't need to do a, a U turn. I can go right across this median right here. Yes. <laughs> How long have you been at Crutchfield? I've been at Crutchfield since 2015. Uh, and at the warehouse the whole time? I started out in receiving. I was there for about two and a half years. And then I transferred to the off the front office, um, administrative assistant. And I still do that, but I'm also the product customization. Um, I use the UV printer. I am the person that prints all the corporate logos on some of our electronics. Wait, what? Yes. Tell me more about that. Okay, so. Uh, the logos on our, oh, wait, I still don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so we have a UV printer. Okay. Ultraviolet. Yes. I know what that is. Okay. But I don't know what we do with it. Okay, so um, Flip 5s, the JBL Flip 5s. Yes. JBL Clip 3s mm -hmm. and the Clip 4s now. Um, I've printed on the JBL Extreme 3, the Charge 4s. Um, and it's all corporate orders. Ah, and yes. they send me their file with their logo on it, and I print on the product for them. Got it. I knew. I remember hearing that we were gonna do that. I didn't realize we had such capabilities of doing that. It's, didn't it start off with some headphones or something? It did. Um, we started off with a pad printer. Okay. Which it actually picks the ink up and places it on the unit uh -huh. and then we transition to the uv printer which is all it's, it's almost just like a regular ink printer yeah and um it uses the uv light to seal the deal so to speak to cure the ink instantly where the the pad printer took seven to eight days oh geez to just cure it but um it, it is rocking and rolling we've been doing this for two years now right before the pandemic mm -hmm. is when i got trained on the UV printer, and we got it set up. And have you had some pretty massive orders, like uh, like big orders for lots of things that need the UV printer? Yes. Um, I just finished up two print jobs. One was 141 units of the Clip 4s, mm -hmm. and I had a job for 14 units of the Sonos Roam. 
Oh yeah. And then I've done 148 units of the Sonos Rome. That's that's a fun job I didn't know existed at Crutchfield. Cool? That's amazing. <laughs> uh, how long does it take to do like one? Seven minutes. Seven minutes. And yes. so it's just sort of, just you know, rinse and repeat over and over. And we have, like, the AirPods, I can actually fit 85 units okay. on the table. And we can print 85 at one time. Oh, wow. Yes. In, Which it takes more than seven minutes. I was going to say, that takes more than seven, I would think. <laughs> yes. Um, but you can set it and forget it for yes. a little while and let it do its thing. Yes. Come back and put another 85 on the table if exactly. you need to. Oh, man. That's so cool. So uh, corporate companies if you're looking for cool products with your logo on it we can make that happen yeah. i didn't know i mean we have a whole corporate sales division and uh they're doing some pretty cool things up there oh yes they are back to your jeep for a second okay. back to pepe you kept the factory radio yes why did you do that i love my uconnect the the, the that's the stock system for like bluetooth and in your phone and yes. streaming music and hands-free calls and all that Definitely. stuff right yes um i really want the Alpine, I think it's the JK409. Yeah. Uh, ILX409, yes. I think. Yeah. That's a that's a recent development, that radio. That's that's huge. That's the It's got the floating touchscreen, like yes. a nine-inch screen, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I'm saving up for it. Uh, ILX409, digital multimedia receiver, nine-inch touchscreen, fits in the double-din opening, so that'll fit right in the factory location. And then have a like an iPad basically on and your on your dash. It's amazing because I've read up a little bit on it. You can actually hook all your accessories, like my winch, my light bars, my rock lights. You can plug that in up to eight accessories, I believe. Yeah. And you can actually have a split screen where one half of the screen is showing your Spotify and one half is showing your GPS for your trails. That's pretty tight. Isn't that cool? Yeah, and you have to have a big screen to be able to really Oh, yes. For that to look good and be usable. Yes. Uh, especially when you're bouncing around on the rocks. Yes. Hey, so Wendy talked about, uh, you know, keeping her factory radio. You've talked about, you've already replaced it once, uh, maybe twice, and you're planning on upgrading that in the future. Um, there are some Jeep-specific radios out there. Alpine makes some. Uh, Stinger. There's some other companies. Uh, clearly, there's a market for... Radios that fit and integrate nicely into a Jeep and offer all of the modern conveniences of new stereos uh, without you having to pay the price of what you might pay at the dealer to get it factory installed, right? Uh, can you do, you do you have any thoughts on those Jeep-specific radios? Depending on which ones you buy, number one, you can get – there's at least one Alpine that is waterproof. Um, the factory radio, I don't believe, is completely waterproof. Um, and then in addition to that, if you're a hardcore off-roader, um, there are a few radios that it, when you hook it up to your OBD2 port, then you can get pitch and roll uh, data on your screen as you uh, off-road. So that'll help you with your approach angles and you know things like that so that you can off-road more safely um, and have all that information at hand. Um, so that would be a huge benefit to a Jeep-specific radio because Jeep, those are made specifically for Jeeps. Um, the other thing is you can get larger screens with these Jeep-specific radios because they manufacture the kit and the uh, they manufacture the kit around the radio and the Jeep. 
and obviously that won't because it's made specifically for it. There's no issue with uh, any kind of vents. You know, it looks like it was it was uh, basically from the factory. Yeah, and they, you know, most of them will come with literally everything you need to put them in, and they're much much easier to install than a conventional radio because the harness um, the harness is plugs right in. It's all ready to go. So. You know, uh, and, you know, frankly, they just look awesome. I mean, look at those radios installed in those Jeeps. They, they look fantastic. Yep. Stinger has a 10-inch screen uh, Jeep package. That's specifically for 2011 to 2018 JK models. Uh, and Alpine has some that are not quite that big as a, of, of a screen, but also made for some JK Jeeps, uh, 2007 to 2017, things like that. But, yeah, those are custom-fit you know, double din or even larger screens with uh, made for Jeeps. Yeah, I'd love that they integrate with the factory rear view camera, um, you know, right out of the box and made specifically to work with that. There are some cases where, you know, that factory camera ends up having to be replaced. Which um, is problematic in a Jeep. And here's yeah. why. Because the license plate, is, which is where most people mount their backup camera, the license plate is offset to the driver's side. Yep. So you don't get a center view if you replace it with a generic or off-brand um, uh, backup camera. Now, they do make solutions that you can mount in the spare tire. Um, so, you know, there are good solutions out there, but they're, they're just more limited. Like Eric said, um, if you can keep the factory camera, then that's always going to be a better way to go on these Jeeps. We're saving up for the Garmin. Is it a off-road sort of Garmin? Yes. Uh, let's see. Let's see if searching for Garmin off-road brings it up. Uh, Overlander? That's the one. The Garmin Overlander. Yes. There you go. Because uh, we track all of our trail miles. Nice. Uh, what are you tracking them with now? So um, I got word that there was a GPS at our employee store that um, yeah. it's it's really not current, but it has, I don't know, 500 trails. Mm -hmm. So we just use that and we record the trails and we put in the name of the trails. And I think we're over 200 miles of trails. That's a so lot of off-road miles. Yes. We, we, get, we get to jonesing for trails if we don't go at least twice a month oh no kidding so oh, yes. yeah you guys are out there a lot yes we do uh and the garmin overlander uh that's nice too that's a seven inch touchscreen all on itself uh portable battery powered let's see topographic base maps and road maps for north america yeah it sounds like you could pretty much go anywhere and this oh, thing yes. will not only know where you are located, but actually be able to show you a map and maybe how to get out of there. It's true. We've we've had to use the the GPS that we have now to get out of some sticky situations. Yeah, you have, you've gotten yourself lost. <laughs> well, we we started out on we just we started out on the Blue Ridge, and we wanted to we found a trail, and it was called um, Hall Spring Road. And we left 33 and got on this trail, and then it narrowed. Mm. And there was about a 600-foot drop on my side 
for seven and a half miles. So we actually <laughs> rode the side of the mountain for seven and a half miles. Oh, my and gosh. And it was about the size of a horse trail. Like so there sick, was, oh. it was, it was so small. Yeah. It was straight down on my side for the entire ride. And we ended up in West Virginia back on 33. Okay. And this was ours. We were so glad we had the light bar because by the time we got almost to the end, it was pitch dark outside. Wow. That was an experience. Uh, and one of those experiences that's probably scary and stressful when it's happening but when you make it out alive yes. <laughs> and everything's okay, yes. it's a story to tell. It right? really is because the, the views were amazing. They were untouched yeah. by in, humans. And th- where we were, there was no houses. So you had just raw mountain scenes, and it was absolutely gorgeous. And was that in Pepe or Steve? That was actually in Pepe. Yeah, nice. We just got Steve this June. Oh, okay. Because I told my husband he needed his own Jeep. <laughs> uh and, yeah, that makes sense yes. uh are you guys uh i mean the, there's a lot of talk these days about electric vehicles i was I've, been, I've seen a couple videos on some of the cool electric trucks that are out the rivians the ford lightning uh and there's a new jeep the four by e or four yes. xe uh, yes. have you got your eyes on one of those for the future or are you thinking electric vehicles not for me like where are you guys at on that we we really like our our gas powered uh, jeeps. Um, I've heard great things about the electric jeeps um, on some of the the jeep pages and jeep yeah. groups that I'm with on Facebook. Um, I'm kind of torn b- between the electric. My husband wants to put a diesel because they do have the diesels now. Oh wow! Oh yes. I hadn't even I didn't even know that you can get a diesel jeep. Yes. Mm. And they have a price tag on them too. The 4xe is a little unique, and I'm, I'm going to say this, and somebody in comments will probably correct me because... Um, yeah, I'm here for that. Go ahead. Good, good. Um, because the, the very newest Jeeps, uh, I'm not as up on those as I am, you know, like my generation and before. Um, but I do have a friend that has owned a 4xe, and he let me drive it. And, uh, you know, Jeep does a hybrid, and then they do a 4xe hybrid. And if I'm not mistaken, the the normal hybrid works kind of like the Prius does in that it uses the electric motor until it can't, and then the gas motor kicks in. And then when it can use the electric motor again, it does. And then the gas kicks in. So it's, you know, kind of for gas mileage. Kind of automatically switches back and forth as needed. Yeah. The 4xe is more about horsepower. So it uses the gas motor and the electric motor at the same time until the battery dies on the electric motor and then you're gas only. But when you have the when you have full battery power, that thing will absolutely fly. I mean it's it does not feel like a Jeep. It's like crazy power. I think it goes up to when the motors are completely or batteries are charged it's mid 300 horsepower if not high 300s i think they even have a setting where you can just be all electric until your battery runs out and i've seen absolutely i've seen jeep review videos where they take them off road and uh they had a couple different vehicles and one of them was a four by e and that guy just stayed in all electric 
all the way until he couldn't anymore and then yep. switched over to gas. Uh, but he, his experience was a lot quieter than the other two guys, uh, mm-hmm. and he was never lacking power and torque. Yeah. Yeah, you can uh, you can absolutely manually set it to be electric only. Yeah, that is unique in the world of the hybrids, um, because yeah. usually, I mean, they're they're part of the Chrysler family, right? The Chrysler Pacifica has been out there for a long time as a plug-in hybrid, uh, and uh, being a, a a family man, that's more my speed. And had been researching many, you know, researched many vans. I just lost all cred, but that's okay. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, he owns a Ridgeline and a minivan. Everybody, I do, I do have a, a minivan. That one, once you know, it, you don't have that opportunity to just select electric only. Uh, with the Jeep, you can. So you know, if you wanted an experience of crawling, you know, down a path and going uh, in complete silence, you, you know, and just hear the the tires go over the rocks. That's kind of cool. Um, and then you can switch it back to the combo of gas and electric. So that is that is pretty unique uh, uh, with that four by E. Or if you just want to yeah. hear the combination of the tires on the rocks and your awesome stereo. There you go. Oh, right? There you go. You can order your Jeeps lifted and tires yeah. and everything but you know my husband he's like let's do all of it ourselves i was like okay it's it's kind of rewarding to do it yourself it right it really is and now if you ever have a problem he's been in there already he oh, knows yes. he knows what's going on everything. with everything yeah. yes uh wendy thank you so much for coming in here oh, uh bringing your jeep over to uh, our old headquarters building uh i did get to look at it see it take some pictures sit in it and listen to it uh and we're gonna put those pictures and stuff on crutchfield.com slash podcast on this show episode note so if you want to see wendy's jeep little pepe uh, little burrow pepe uh <laughs> that's where you go find it thank you so much for joining me Wendy. oh you're welcome thank you for having me awesome it's been great Well, this has been fun, gentlemen. I think uh, I think we've got all everything we need. Uh, the uh, incredible interview with Wendy. Uh, her Jeep is amazing. Take a look at it in the pictures for this episode. Uh, Chris, uh, thank you for the extra insights into Jeep culture that neither Eric nor I personally experience. We see it, we hear about it, but you clearly live it on a daily basis. Thanks for being with us today. Absolutely. So would you define your Jeep then as a pavement princess? <laughs> no. Okay. It's a term I just learned. Uh, for those that can't see what Eric is doing, uh, we're we all meeting on this you know, webcam thing, and Eric is just dropping Jeep meme after Jeep meme into <laughs> our meeting chat. So uh, it's kind of distracting a little bit, you know. but he's got a picture of a Jeep with a huge tires and a tiny little spare yeah. on it. He's got another one with a Jeep stuck in the mud uh, and uh, 99 problems, and my Jeep is most of them, Th- stuff like that. So yeah. that's, that's, uh, that's what Eric is doing uh, while instead of listening to Chris. That's what he's doing. It's all relevant. <laughs> Eric, thanks for being sort of in the studio. Sorry we couldn't make that work <laughs> earlier, but better luck next time. Nah, yeah. It was a good time. It's always fun to talk with you guys. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I enjoyed being on here. And uh go buy a Jeep. There you go. <laughs> uh thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back in a few weeks with another episode. Check you later. <laughs>